0: Welcome to the Burden and Blessing Podcast, a study and discussion forum on the truth of God's Word. Our CPR series looks at certain topics that come up in life, and we attempt to discuss them in a way that relates to everyone. At times, we bring in the arguments of those opposed to the Word of God in order to practice contending for the faith that God gave His Church. It is our prayer that you will be equipped to give a
1: defense for the truths of the Christian faith with humility and respect. Welcome back to Burden and Blessing. My name is Nathaniel Mayhew. Joining me today, once again, is Pastor Mark Tiefel in our ongoing series on the disciples of Jesus. Over the last few weeks, Mark, we've taken some of the more familiar individuals like Peter, James, John, probably the three most familiar. Today we're taking up one who is, he's not the least familiar but he's also not the most familiar. And what's a little bit unique about this fellow is he has two different names that he goes by, which might be a little bit confusing as well. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about Bartholomew, otherwise known in some of the Gospels as Nathaniel. Before we get too far, can you kind of give us a little bit of background? Why does he have these two names and how do they connect? And how do we know that they're the same individual? Well,
0: yeah, I think uh the, the two different names, I think one would be Hebrew and one would be Aramaic, which is where the, the common spoken language of the time. Uh, but we can connect this because we trace through scripture and see when the two different names, Bartholomew or Nathaniel are used, uh, we can trace through and see by connecting passages that they're talking about the same individual. And it's not uncommon. We've seen other apostles that have had different types of names, uh, you know, Peter and if Simon Peter being one of the foremost who had went by two different names as well. So it's pretty common that that would happen. But when it's a little bit more of a struggle, when you reach an individual that you don't have a ton of information about, you have to try to connect the passages that are used. And when you do that, uh, you can make a pretty, pretty clear identification about Bartholomew and Nathaniel being the same person, especially when they have just those lists in the Gospels of the, of the apostles' names. You'll have Bartholomew and some, Nathaniel and others, and you can narrow it down from there.
1: So uh, Nathaniel would be the Hebrew. Bartholomew is the Aramaic name for this individual. This is a little bit different than in some, in some variations where it's the same name, Uh, in two different languages. This seems to be maybe a different name, sort of like we have with the other disciples, uh, where maybe it was a a surname, maybe it was a a connection to a family or something like that. But as you mentioned, Nathaniel and Bartholomew are names that are used in the listing of the apostles. And by uh, eliminating the names that we know, we can see the connection between Nathaniel and Bartholomew. Nathaniel has a, or we can call him Bartholomew, either one. He has an interesting background and he's mentioned, we have a specific event mentioned about him in the Gospel of John. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the first thing that we hear about this disciple?
0: Yeah, so there's a little bit of, I suppose, controversy surrounding Nathaniel when it comes to what we know about him. And it comes back to that same account that we've referenced many times with the Apostles sort of a foundational account for many of them and that's in john chapter one where jesus calls a a few of them and there's you see some connections between them and uh, in john chapter one verses 43 and following uh, you see that philip came to nathaniel knew him ahead of time and witnessed to him that they had found the messiah and philip is quite specific he says him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. And so he's connecting it to the Old Testament, but then Philip identifies this as Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So the reason that this is a bit of a question in the way that Nathaniel was called and the way that he responded is in the very next verse, Nathaniel asks, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And then Philip says, come and see. And Nathanael comes and meets Jesus. So this, this is interesting for a number of reasons. We know later on in John's gospel in chapter one, we're told that Nathanael was from Cana in Galilee. So Nathanael was from that region. And if you look at your, a map in the back of your Bible, you'll see that Cana and Nazareth are very close to one another. They were neighboring towns. So Nathanael would have known Nazareth pretty well. And he also obviously would have known the region of Galilee well, which is also where Philip, Andrew, Peter, James, James and John were all from as well. So he probably knew them to some extent as well. And the fact that Philip is witnessing to him shows that there's a relationship there. But the question is, what what is the nature of the question that Nathaniel asks? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And there's really kind of two theories here. The first one is that he's somewhat doubtful and skeptical and looks at Nazareth as sort of a backwater place. And perhaps there's nothing noble or good that can come of Nazareth. And he's, he's kind of got a negative view of it in that way. The other way of looking at it is that he knows his Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. And there's a question of, is the Savior really going to be from Nazareth? Because the Old Testament talked about how, well, he would be born in Bethlehem for one thing, but also that uh, he would obviously do some important work in Jerusalem. And so that's sort of the, the thing that we don't know about Nathaniel is, was this question offered in sort of skepticism or was it offered in wanting to learn more about what Philip was trying to tell him?
1: Well, there's an interesting parallel to that with that point. Now, now maybe this is because this fellow is my namesake. I take the more positive approach to to that between the two that you were just talking about. But in John 7, John records a debate about Jesus. And some of the people are saying, this is the Christ. We know that this is the Christ. And others said, will the Christ come out of Galilee? Has the scripture not said that the Christ from the seed of David was to come from the town of Bethlehem? So, and that's to your point, right? That, that that may be the whole reason that Nathaniel was saying what he was saying is because he, like all the rest of the Jews, understood those messianic prophecies of where the Messiah was supposed to come. And most people wouldn't have associated that with Jesus, not realizing that he actually was born in Bethlehem. They called him Jesus, the Nazarene or the, the, the one from Nazareth.
0: Yeah. Well, and even the wise men had to research and, and learn where Jesus was going to be born so The question is, how common was that knowledge among among the people back then? But this goes what you're talking about, too, goes back to the Old Testament. The prophet Malachi in chapter three prophesies of the one to come. And it says the Lord whom you seek will come suddenly to his temple so that some people believe there was a view among the Jewish believers at the time of Jesus that this Messiah, the Messiah who would come would appear suddenly that he wouldn't necessarily have a birth or grow up or obviously, you know, again, Nathaniel's familiar with Nazareth. A lot of the people there know him as Jesus, as the son of Joseph. They've, they've grown up with him. It seems very ordinary. There was some it's believed that had this view of the Messiah as having this supernatural arrival where he would just appear on the scene. And so that's perhaps where the question would come from. Now, the other, just to play the other side of that, one of the things that could indicate more of the skepticism of Nathaniel, I think, is later on in the account where Jesus tells him, you know, before I called you, I saw you sitting under the fig tree. So Jesus talks about how I saw you in a, in a location where we weren't in person. So it was a miracle. It was a, is a divine insight by Jesus. And Nathaniel's response to that is, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. So a very quick response to say, yes, I believe I'll follow you. So one of the reasons that that could indicate the skeptical view is it the fact that Nathaniel so quickly confesses having just been told about some sort of miracle could indicate that his faith wasn't so much in the scriptures but more in what he could see and maybe a little bit more shallow in that sense too, which would, which would indicate perhaps the skeptical side of it that he was doubting rather than rather than making a a question from the old Testament. So you'd think that if Nathaniel knew in the old Testament, this verse from Malachi per se, uh, that he would also know other passages that talked about the Messiah and would trust and believe for more than just a miracle reason. But it's kind of an open question either way what the nature of of Nathaniel's inquiry was but it's kind of an interesting thought uh, and it's and it's a it's a very integral piece to the call of him as a disciple of Jesus
1: well while we're here this is in John chapter 1 that we're taking a look at the the relationship that you mentioned between Philip and Nathaniel and this interaction that Jesus has with with Nathaniel. Uh, dig into that just a little bit more. There's a couple of things that Jesus says about Nathaniel in those verses. He describes him as an Ill Israelite in whom there is no guile. And you're right; he does give Nathaniel this this um, maybe a glimpse of who he is in that description that you were talking about when he says, "Hey, I saw you when you were under the fig tree." You want to take us into some a little bit more of that context and and what is what is Jesus doing here?
0: Well, it's interesting because. If Nathanael was from Cana in Galilee, he would not have been considered what Jesus called him, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. He would not have been considered that by his people. The people in Galilee were not as highly regarded as the people to the south. So you'd think that if Nathanael was an Israelite of of great stock, he would be down near Jerusalem. Um, The people of Galilee weren't looked upon in that way. And so it's, it, the, the question does come to the surface, what does Jesus mean by this description? And some people believe that Nathaniel might have been a teacher of some kind, um, that he was the, the, the name Bartholomew uh, in, the, in the Jewish and Hebrew literally means son of Tolmai, uh, which was a school. Um, a sect of the Jewish people at that time, a school of thought. And so some wonder if that's what Jesus was referring to, that he was part of this school of thought in the Jewish um, culture and faith uh, and and was a teacher of some kind in that extent. Uh, But again, it's kind of one of those questions we don't quite know exactly what Jesus was referencing here. It also could have just been a a compliment of Nathanael's faith, that Jesus is recognizing someone here who knows the Old Testament, who is a believer, who is looking for the Messiah. And that would fit well, too, with Nathanael's confession shortly after that you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. So we don't quite know, again, if Jesus was trying to impart a more specific lesson to get Nathanael to think that, hey, you think you're an Israelite in whom there's no deceit, but you still have a lot to learn or if Jesus was commending him for that very thing. Um, so kind of a question that pairs with the first one we talked about with what Nathaniel brought to Jesus, or, you know, can anything good come out of Nazareth? It's sort of, we have to, we have to keep it open-ended on when we talk about it, because we don't quite know all the details. We do know that Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree, and Nathaniel, you know, confessed at that, but Jesus also reminded him, you will see greater things than these as well.
1: That confession that Nathaniel makes is a pretty powerful one. I think that's significant also when he describes Jesus using those two phrases, son of God, which is different than son of man, the term mm-hmm. that Jesus generally used for himself in, in the gospels. So that's a description. But then king of Israel, which which describes this idea to, in my mind of the deity of Christ, that he's true God and true man at the same time. He's of the lineage of David, the King of Israel. That seems to indicate a knowledge of those old Testament prophecies being a descendant of David, but also realizing some of those other messianic prophecies, like we will call his name, Emmanuel, a God with us, which I think that's pretty striking too. So that point that you're making of the possibility of him being a teacher does seem to fit with the confession that he makes That seems to be a pretty knowledgeable confession very early on in his interaction with Jesus.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Those those things he says would be rooted very firmly in the Old Testament theology. So an indication of somebody who knew that theology well. And then I'd add on top of that, the term rabbi, uh, term of respect, recognizing Jesus as a teacher. At this point in Jesus's ministry, we don't you know, Obviously, this is early on, and he hasn't really come on the scene as a, as a teacher yet, and yet Nathaniel recognizes that and, and proclaims that, and also rabbi then being the Jewish term for a teacher of respect. So it certainly shows that Nathaniel's way of thinking about this is rooted in the Old Testament.
1: So you mentioned earlier that we, we know something about Nathaniel that isn't found in John chapter 1. You mentioned that we know where he comes from that he was from the city of Cana, which is not too far from Nazareth. We learn that from John's gospel in the other time that Nathaniel is actually described in an event uh, where he's having an interaction with Jesus. Do you wanna take us into that John 21 account? That's one of the resurrection appearances where Nathaniel shows up, uh, which is an interesting one, not a very familiar resurrection account, but he's mentioned there. Do you wanna take us into that?
0: Yeah, that was the, right at the end, the last, it's kind of interesting, you've got Nathaniel at the, in the first chapter of John, and then Nathaniel in the very last chapter of John, John chapter 21, but that is the, the resurrection account where Jesus meets the disciples on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and makes breakfast for them, and another resurrection appearance there. And we're told in verse 2 of John 21, the disciples that were there, Simon, Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, sons of Zebedee, which would be James and John, and two others of his disciples were with him. Uh, so uh, Nathaniel would have been, again, with that group. Galilee was, was where he was from, and he's indicated there as Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the first time that we're told about that. Uh, so it is, it is interesting that Nathaniel would have been one of those direct eyewitnesses. And the Lord certainly used that moving forward as Nathaniel became an important part of the church uh, in the New Testament era as a minister. So he was one of those disciples that the Lord used in a, you know, for the ministry moving forward after his death, resurrection, and then this, then Pentecost moving out. And, and certainly for those disciples who were part of that the resurrection appearances were all about a much more important of seeing the risen Jesus with their own eyes and having the fulfillment and completion of that work right in front of them.
1: One of the things that I find interesting about that, so John and John 1 records the uh, Philip and Nathaniel and then the, the discussion with with Nathaniel and Jesus that you were talking about earlier, And then we jump to John 21 and we find out that Nathanael appears there again. And we're told that he is from Cana in Galilee. You come back to John chapter one, right after the interaction between Nathanael and Jesus, John chapter two picks up with the wedding at Cana. Mm
0: -hmm. What an
1: interesting connection that Jesus appears to Nathanael right there. And then right after that, we have this first of the miracles that Jesus performs in Nathanael's own hometown, possibly maybe even connected to Nathanael in some way. We don't know. But uh, it's very possible with that connection to Nathaniel. So very interesting.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So let's uh, just just so others might be clear, we've talked about Bartholomew and Nathaniel. John seems to use the name Nathaniel, whereas Matthew, Mark and Luke seem to emphasize the name Bartholomew in the list of the apostles. Is that correct?
0: I think so, yeah. I don't know exactly which which books use which name, but I do know that it's interchangeable, which again is how we can make the connection.
1: And then let's talk a little bit about some of the things. So we, we've basically exhausted the information that we have about this individual in the scriptures themselves. We have these two main events at the beginning and the end of the Gospel of John, the mention of Bartholomew in the list of the apostles and the other gospels. Not a lot of information for us in the scripture itself, but let's talk a little bit about some of the things that we could we could benefit from in in learning about Bartholomew or Nathaniel. What what does he leave behind for us? What is the the benefit of knowing this individual, and what can we learn from him and his example?
0: I think one of the biggest things that comes out to me from Nathaniel is his openness. He was not afraid to speak what was on his mind. And, and again, that comes back to that statement of, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Uh, he didn't He didn't back down from wanting to learn more. We, we don't know exactly what his attitude was in asking that question, but regardless, he was showing a willingness to learn and was curious about learning more about Jesus and wasn't afraid to step up and ask about it. So I think that there's a, there's something for us to learn in being open with God and coming to the, getting, getting whatever, whatever questions or issues we might have to the surface so that God can bring some, whether it be healing to that or wisdom or knowledge to that. I think the uh, willingness to be able to step up and not be afraid of somebody's reaction or somebody's answer and response, but to, to, to try to gain more for our faith. And I think that the willingness of Nathaniel to confess openly as well shows that that same uh, open mindset. He asked the question openly, but then also when he, when he conversed with Jesus, he confessed openly too. And ultimately, you know, we commend Philip here as well, because Philip was the one who told Nathaniel, well, I, you know, Philip, Philip didn't try to answer that question. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? He just said, come and see. So we also commend Philip for that witness, but Nathaniel for listening to it and, 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 and taking that at stock and moving forward and, and witnessing what Jesus had to offer and taking the time to do that. So I think, I think that, you know, we see a bit of perhaps diligence with Nathaniel in the sense of the willingness to confront the questions he has, but also then the willingness to, to take the time to find answers to them. And I think those are both things that we can commend when it comes to how we practice our faith.
1: One of the passages that kind of comes to mind for me is, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, where the Apostle Paul says, test all things, which is what you're talking about. Nathaniel did that. He might have had preconceived ideas about what was right or wrong, but he he tested those things. And then Paul says, hold fast to what is good. And mm-hmm. it's the word of God that that is that litmus test for us, isn't it? That we compare all things to in order to determine, is this good? Is this real? Is this true or not? And Nathaniel was willing to do that, even though he had this idea. He said, okay, I'll be willing to listen. I'll see. I will test it. And and if you're, if what you say matches what I know from the scriptures, then I will, I will concur. I will go along with that.
0: And I, and I would add to that um, the value of knowing the scriptures when you're doing that. You know, we, we see in Nathaniel, somebody who knew the Old Testament in some way and what a value it was to him when he was confronted with that opportunity to know Jesus, to hear him preach. He certainly drew upon what he had been given in the scripture. So that's something for us to take away as well as not just the willingness to be open, the willingness to test all things, but the value of having scripture to do that with.
1: Yeah, that's an excellent point that he had that that ability, that background to be able to test all things, which you can't make that testing if you don't have that foundation. Good point. When we get into these, we usually talk about some things that are extra biblical that are interesting about these apostles. There are some interesting legends that go along with St. Bartholomew or St. Nathaniel. Tell us about a couple of those legends that we have in history.
0: Well, the one that always stands out to me, and this could be because I, I had a report on Bartholomew in seminary, and this is where I first learned about this, but it always sticks out to me the way that, the way that it's believed he was martyred for his faith. So as we talked about, Nathaniel or Bartholomew has a, a record of being, being an active minister and missionary after uh, Jesus ascended and in the New, in the, the new Testament church. But, and, and like many of the other apostles, it's believed he was martyred for his faith in that testimony. And the way that it's believed that he was martyred was being flayed to death. So flayed, not to get too graphic for our listeners, but it's basically uh, making an incision in the skin and then peeling the skin off the person's body. So it was believed to be one of the, if not the most uh, horrible way to go, uh, but another legend tells us that he was crucified also, so we don't quite know exactly how he would have met his end, but we do know his symbol in the church is a knife on top of a Bible, which would indicate his martyrdom in that way. The other, another interesting thing about Nathaniel is we don't, we don't quite know where he ministered at, but there are some interesting stories connected to that. There's a story of, if him going to the country of Armenia or what would what would have been Armenia at that time and witnessing to the king there and converting the king to Christianity and the king's brother was outraged at that and ordered uh, Nathaniel to be executed for his face. So that's one of the legends. Now, Armenia is to the east of Israel, but it's up a little bit to the north. The other legend connected with Nathaniel was that he was believed to be a missionary to India, which would have also obviously been to the east, but not exactly in the same location as Armenia. And it's not like he could have gone to Armenia first and then India because he's told we're told that he was killed in Armenia, so he wouldn't have continued on to, to India. But the legend in India says that um he, Nathaniel, delivered a copy of Matthew's gospel and had left it there in India, which was found later on. And so we know there was some type of missionary activity in India. We talked about the Apostle Thomas being very prominent in India as well. It's believed that he was martyred there. Uh, And the gospel of Matthew that was found there played in very importantly to Thomas's ministry as well. So I think that from what I've learned, The idea of Nathaniel going to India has a little bit more credibility behind it, but it's still just within that realm of tradition that we don't know for sure. But we do know he was active in the church in some way, and the Lord used him as a missionary in a ministerial sense, like he did with many of the apostles.
1: One of the things that's interesting as we study these different individuals is that you do find them going a long distance away from Jerusalem. Just as Jesus said, he said, you will be witnesses of me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the world. And we see that with these individuals as they spread out and, and went extremely long distances away from their homeland in order to do this. And again, a lot of this is, is tradition, but uh, I remember going to Chennai, India and seeing a, a church that was there designated to saint thomas because that was where he was uh, put to death as a result that was where his journey ended so there there are many of those traditions that are there so there's a lot that we can learn from bartholomew there are also some you, you know you talked about the graphic way in which he was uh, killed again tr- from tradition um there are some of the shields that have bears uh, St. Bartholomew or certain St. Nathaniel's name that have not just the one fillet knife, but several fillet knives. And it it just describes the antagonism of the world against those who are willing to bring Christ. And Jesus warned them of that too, didn't he? He said, if you're going to be a follower of me, he says, you're going to have to take up your cross. And he says, you are going to be rejected by men just as I am. And so these disciples were willing to take up their crosses and to follow Jesus, knowing that that is what people needed, even though there were going to be those that were going to rebel against them. This is who knows how many people were actually brought to faith. Like you mentioned the story of the king in Armenia, who knows how many people were brought to faith because of the witness of St. Bartholomew, even though there were those who rebelled against it. Pretty amazing thing when you think about these stories. Mm
0: -hmm. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Any other closing thoughts that you have on St. Bartholomew or St. Nathaniel?
0: I think, I think we summed it up. Well, I think that the thing that stands out in my mind, again, is, as we've seen with a lot of the apostles is just how much the Lord can accomplish in one person. And also we don't need to know a ton about an individual to see the impact they can have. We basically have with Nathaniel, one main section of the Bible that talks about who he was and we can gather some good information from that. But at the end of the day, it's almost like a flower that blooms, and and the, the the way that the Lord is able to use one person like that is quite astounding. So again, another example that we've seen in many of the apostles that they don't need the same prominence or attention as Simon Peter in the Gospels to be an important figure. And the Lord, it's important to recognize how the Lord used all of these men in very influential ways for the work of His church.
1: So many things that we can learn you know as you pointed out we have just a few verses in John chapter 1 but the lord placed those verses there for a reason and that is for us to benefit from to learn from and so that's that is our prayer as we do these studies is that not only you and I mark but also those who are listening to these podcasts will be able to take something away from the life of these individuals that the lord has given for that very purpose, so that we might learn something, be encouraged in our Christian faith by their witness and their example, and and move forward with the same confidence of Jesus as our Savior, just as he was theirs. Well, thank you again for taking us through St. Bartholomew. We pray that this information was beneficial, that you came to a greater knowledge and understanding of who this individual was and how the Lord used him in his kingdom. May the Lord also continue to use us in his service as well. Till next time, the Lord keep you all. We hope that you will join us next week
0: for another episode of Burden and Blessing Podcast. Our goal is always to bring you the whole counsel of God. Until next time, go in the strength of the Lord and preach the word.